What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Zozo Championship. And let me get this out of the way right now. This event starts Wednesday evening. That's right. Lock is going to come a lot earlier. Your bets are going to have to be in earlier. This event is in Japan. They are 13 hours ahead of the East Coast here in the United States. So my best guess is that this will lock and this tournament will start approximately 6 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. That will be about 7 a.m. on Thursday morning in Japan, which is generally when they start teeing these things off, right? 7 o'clock in the morning, something like that. So that's my best guess. Obviously, keep an eye out for that as tea times come out, but do not be left holding the bag. Do not be left uh, without your lineups in, without your bets in for this week. Okay, that disclaimer out of the way. Awesome stuff with what's basically, for me, three straight weeks of golf in Las Vegas with the Long Drive, the Shriners, and the CJ Cup. Getting back into my routine after spending so much time out on the course. And there was a lot of great success stories from last week, and I want to point out just two of them. Uh, Steve Murren said he got his first win ever, won $4,000 on DraftKings, and he did not have Rory McIlroy in that lineup. So that tells me two things. One, Steve's lineup was Awesome, right? Otherwise, well-rounded to not have the winner in the lineup is astounding and probably also a very well-selected contest, a smaller contest where it didn't take the absolute optimal lineup to win. That is also a very good thing to do. So congratulations to you, Steve. And then Huey Max sent me a screenshot where he just ran rough shot over a contest uh, this week. He had the lineup in first, second, tenth, ends up being a $35,000 victory. Congratulations right there. Um, And I want to continue to uh, provide tools to the community on my site, rickrungood.com. So as I do each and every week, let me give away some subscriptions here. Um, You can, two ways to enter a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. One, Comment below on this YouTube video with who you think is going to win the Zozo Championship. Make sure you've liked the video and make sure you are subscribed because you cannot win if you do not do either of those things. And then the other way and the easier way to win, and honestly, the more valuable way for me, the way to get to, to the, uh, the, the, the heart of me uh, and forever have me be grateful is to leave a, a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle and that'll get you entered into a draw as well. Um, otherwise let's jump into this week's, oh, sorry. One last thing because of the time difference, the live chat 3 PM Eastern time on Wednesday, still going to be the same time, but that's probably going to be the last three hours before the tournament starts. So that will be like last minute stuff. You can come tinker, tinker on the live chat on Wednesday. And then the jock market power hour is probably going to be. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday this week. So just keep an eye out for that. I'll tweet it out. You'll see it on my YouTube channel, all that good stuff. But obviously, the time change does change some things. Let's jump into this week's DFS video. This is really only the third edition of the Zozo Championship. So uh, Patrick Cantlay won last year, but that was at Sherwood in California. And then uh, that man you've heard of, Tiger Woods, won this in uh, 2019 which is feels like a billion years ago, but that is true. Uh, here's what we know. Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. This is the course key stats tool. And remember, we really only have 
one year's worth of data. So there are some things that I think are interesting, uh, but let's let's make sure to look at this what it is. This is one year's worth of data. So in that one year, long drivers, driving distance was the strongest, most correlated stat that we have out here. Uh, only four other courses rank higher than this golf course in terms of correlation from driving distance. Now, if you remember, lots of trees out here. These are tree-lined fairways, basically every single fairway. It's not it's not like the it's not necessarily tree-lined fairways, but it's like fairway, maybe like 10 yards of rough and then a bunch of trees, right? So if you are um a little bit wild, that's okay. You miss the fairway by a little bit, that's okay. You miss it by a little bit more than that, not okay, especially for some of these angles. And remember, uh, what is common in Japan is uh, two greens on every single hole. So traditionally, uh, one green is a summer green, one green is a, a winter green, and uh, basically different strains of grass because of uh, the kind of extreme weather, weather that they get, depending on the time of year, they play two different types of greens. Here at this club, uh, that has all been changed. Modern technology has allowed them to basically convert all of these to a a a, a style of bent grass uh, on both of those greens. So I'm 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 categorizing it as bent grass this week. It's a par 70, 7,000 yards, and about average uh, green sizes here at Narashino. So that's the way that I'm going to be playing this. Obviously, we'll learn more as the week goes on, and we'll see if the PGA Tour does uh, use both of those greens. So if I remember back to 2019, I believe on Thursday, you know, they played a one of the greens on on uh, Friday, maybe they play to the other. It can change the angle. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting and dynamic what they're going to be able to do with this course setup. But that's the long-winded version of saying the one year's worth of data is fairly interesting. Uh, you know, I've loaded in the field here. I'm looking at the last 24 rounds. You start looking at the best fits. Now, the best fit, this is not golfers that necessarily played here, but this is when you take the numbers behind the regression model and you compare it to each player's statistical profile. In theory, which golfer gets the biggest boost by playing at this course over an average course? Alex Noren, believe it or not, along with Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas, uh, longer off the tee than most of the guys in the field. That's where a lot of his uh, advantage is coming from. KH Lee is up there. Jimmy Walker just withdrew like uh, two minutes ago, so I'll remove him from the tools here. But it is interesting to see how this kind of shapes up with some of the more expensive guys checking in inside the top 10 like Will Zalatoris and Colin Morikawa and Hideki Matsuyama down about 15th or 16th on this list. Let's take a look at the cheat sheet here. And uh, again, for the second week in a row, 78 golfers, no cut. So if you are looking for a cut sweat or you want to avoid a cut sweat, I guess actually you're you're doing pretty good because you're not going to have to worry about it this week. Now we did see one... WD last week. That was Harris English. I believe it was a back injury, leg injury. I can't remember what the what the what the uh, designation was, but uh, he he did withdraw on Sunday morning, I believe. So um, keep that in mind. That's the only way that, along with the disqualification, that you don't get four guaranteed rounds. We can play the whole. Is it good or bad for these guys to make the trip from the CJ Cup? They're going to have to deal with the 13, the travel and the 13 hours. I generally am not all that worried about it. Um, there are five golfers, six golfers, excuse me, over 10,000, 11,200. Colin Morikawa, 11,000 flat is Xander Shoffley. Will Zalatoris at 10.5, Hideki at 10.3. Then you get Paul Casey at 10.1 and Tommy Fleetwood. I'm sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six. Who am I missing? Oh, yeah, Tommy Fleetwood at an even 10,000. That rounds out the 10K group. There is actually a lot to parse through here. Um, number one, you get Morikawa and Xander Shoffley. Um, let's look at 
Cantlay. Or, uh, oh my gosh. What a, what, a, what a start run. Colin is what I was going to say. Colin Morikawa. Let's take a look at him because I think what we're going to see is something really interesting, right? He's always the best player in, on the planet with his irons and his wedges. And it only comes down to the putter. Anytime Morikawa gains a substantive amount of, of greens on the putting surface, he's a, a strong contender to win. 3.8 last week, finishes second. 3.8 at the at the uh, Olympics. He was in that seven-way playoff for bronze. Um, we don't have the official metrics from the Open Championship, but he made every single punt, putt, won that. Uh, 5.3 at the Memorial, finishes second. Uh, 3.9 at the Workday, wins there. So, I mean, if he is... And those are basically the only times he has gained with his putter uh, in the last year. So when he gains with the putter... He wins or comes very close to it. Uh, I do think that there will be a little bit. So some of these green, the, the, the information is so interesting because when you have two greens in Japan, they are generally both smaller than average, right? So you'd think that guys like Hideki and Morikawa who are dart throwers would have a bit of an edge here, which kind of leans me to Morikawa over Xander Shoffley. Um, and we'll talk a lot about Xander in the betting preview because that is to me, one of the more fascinating um, things that we're going to see. I want to look at uh, Will Zaltoris real quick because he is going to be, uh, you know, coming off the miscut at the Shriners. Then he didn't play the CJ Cup. I want to see what his Shriners numbers were. Yeah, this is fine. You know, he was a positive, small positive off the tee, small positive on approach, lost two and a half strokes with the putter. That's not completely abnormal for him, although he had been putting much better recently. I think Zalatoris, uh, again, a very good approach player, could make some noise at this event. Hideki Matsuyama is going to get the absolute hero's welcome around here, um, and deservedly so. Finished second here in 2020. Oh, sorry. I probably quoted you the years wrong. I was quoting you seasons earlier. So in it would have been the 2019 year, 2020 season, that Tiger won. Hideki finished second. So if you're confused by that, that's what's going on here. Um, and then the bottom two. You know, Paul Casey, who, again, I need to look at what he did last week because I've been pretty down on Paul Casey. He finished 25th at the, let's see, uh, CJ Cup. Lost strokes off the tee, even on approach, gained 4.6 with the putter. This is not the blueprint. It's not the blueprint for Paul Casey. I'll continue to be late on Paul Casey. And then the other one was Tommy Fleetwood, who we actually might have to look, we might have to actually look round by round for Tommy because I think he had one really good round here yeah let me go to the holy grail let me go by round and let me find old tommy lad here yes so this is the round third round at the cj cup against four and a half strokes on the field two of them are ball striking that right there so if you can see i'll highlight on the screen that's the round whoops sorry tommy what happened here let's try this again this is the round right here that would be vintage Tommy. Now, the problem is we're not seeing this much. And he was horrendous on Friday with the iron game. I guess he got better over the course of the weekend. Um, I would be much more willing to roster, I think, Tommy than I would Paul Casey. I'm not super stoked to, to roster either of them. So I kind of shake it out like this. Morikawa won, all things considered, price, all that stuff. Morikawa won, Zalatoris two figure it out from there. Xander's fine, but um, he's just priced in a way. You know, it's kind of funny. And I'll talk about this on the on the preview on on uh, Tuesday. 
he hasn't really won, right? His last official PGA Tour win was the 2019 Tournament of Champions. It's almost three years since then. I know he won the gold medal. I get that. Uh, I know that he won the shadow leaderboard at the Tour Championship, but that's kind of something different too. It's just kind of been weird. Um, and Morikawa has just been hoisting trophies left and right. So that's probably the way I shake this out. The 9K range are a lot of golfers that are never this price that we're going to have to figure out. There is a steep drop-off from the 10K range to the 9K range in terms of uh, field talent here. There's a couple of interesting things to note. Ricky Fowler. Uh, Ricky Fowler is, I, I actually think, playable this week. You know, we were we were early on Ricky at the Shriners. He missed the cut, but he played better on Friday en route to that missed cut. Then he played great at the at the CJ Cup in which he led the field, led the field in strokes gained tee to green. It was Ricky Fowler, not Rory McIlroy, who led the field off the tee. I think Ricky gains a ton of confidence from the week that he just had in Vegas, and honestly, the two weeks he had in Vegas, because five of his six rounds were pretty darn good, and he still lost strokes with the putter, and he's been better with the putter recently. That's his DNA. I was early on Ricky, I think now we're going to be late on Ricky, but this is com- compared to the rest of these guys. Like, are you super stoked to roster EVR at ninety five hundred or Alex Noren at ninety seven hundred? I don't know, maybe, but I I do think there's a strong case to be made for the last five rounds that Ricky Fowler has played. And what I want to do is I want to go to uh, I want to go to the Holy Grail here, and what I want to do is I want to just look at these guys in the. 9k range and I just want to start to see what we're dealing with here so the way that I have this set up is I'm looking at um, just this season and last season and you can shorten this up you can do whatever you want but for the 9k range um, Cameron Tringale has been pretty significantly the best player in this range during my time frame he's the only golfer averaging over one stroke per round in that time frame he's also the only golfer let me look through this real quick I believe I'm looking at this correctly. The only golfer who is gaining strokes in all four categories, which is always something that I think provides you a really solid floor. He has a lot of rounds that he's played 108 of them. So it's Tringale, 1.03. Then it is uh, Neiman, 0.98. Let's see what Neiman did at Summit. Yeah, man, that putter, he lost the putter again. That's a little bit worrisome. Um, The... Other one would be Grillo, who's 9,100, and fl- finished with a flurry at Summit Club, right? Shot a 61, 62, had to be 62, 10 under on Sunday, and only lost a stroke and a half with the putter over the course of the week. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen either. So I think that there is, when you get a 9K range like this, where a lot of guys who are not normally here are here, there are real substantial differences between these guys. Tringale is a a has been twice as good as Norin, Siwoo Kim, EVR, almost McNeely, and he's been five times as good as Ricky Fowler, even though I like Ricky this week, um, over over the last season plus four events. So it is it is worth noting, DraftKings is forced to price these guys the way that they are because of the field strength and the betting odds and the way that you have to make lineups, but there are actually huge differences between the guys in the 9K when you could basically split hairs for most of the guys in the 10K. The other thing that I want to do here, and if you have not signed up for rickrungood.com yet, um, you should. I love it. It's everything you see me do is from my site. I build it for me. 
to make the research process easier. And I hope that that translates to you. Also, exciting things coming. I don't want to commit to too much, but exciting things coming. What I also want to do is this, because this ended up being very, very valuable last week. So I'm just going to open this up. Everybody in the field in no cut events since the start of 2010. If you remember, who was number one in this last week? Yeah, Roy McElroy was, right? Roy popped up in a lot of these different models, the way you end up shaking it out. So here's what we've got. Uh, Will Zalatoris only has eight rounds. Sepp Straka only has four rounds. They're one and two. Xander, we know, 120 rounds. He's number three. Sebastian Munoz gaining over a stroke per round in 40 no-cut rounds. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, who else do we have here? Lonzo Griffin, 32 rounds, nearly 0.94, nearly a full stroke per round in the positive for Lonzo Griffin. The EVR had another good week last week, right? These are These are guys that... Um, are going to fly under the radar, are going to score you fantasy points, and maybe they're not going to win, but they're going to be part of that optimal lineup. The 8K range. I think this is where we start to separate ourselves in terms of research than most people. One, Johnny Vegas. Uh, as described, what's Johnny Vegas's weapon? It's the driver. Uh, hits it far, probably top 10 on the PGA Tour in distance. That's how he gains a lot of his strokes. Played well at the CJ Cup last week, finishing 14th. That is now his third Top 16 in his last five starts, which you go back to the Olympics. One was the Wyndham Championship. The other one was last week. Uh, the other one would be um, Lonto. And I know that this does not fit with the flow chart because he's $8,400. But we're starting to see something. Sixth place finish at the Shriners. Didn't play the CJ Cup. Finished 11th at this event, not this course last year. Popped up on that no-cut event. Uh, the no-cut filter that we did the thing with Lonto is when he goes well two things happen hits his irons well putts well that's a dangerous combination it's why you often see the volatile nature of Lonto sixth place finish miscut sixth place miscut not gonna have to worry about the miscut this week so you give him four rounds to try to find you know one like if you gave me odds on um I don't know what the I was gonna try to set a line on this but like if Lonto Griffin had one day this week, the low round of the week or, or the second lowest round of the, of, the, of the week or the second lowest round of the day, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know what he's going to do in the other three, but he has the ability to catch fire like that. What will the public do with Adam Shank? And we can look, I'll do, I'll deep dive Shank here, but coming off the third place finish at Shriners where he had a, what, a multiple shot lead on Sunday, kind of coughed it up. Finished fourth earlier. Couple starts to go with the Barbasol, I believe that is. I got to change the abbreviations up here because I don't know if that's the Barbasol or the Barracuda. Finished 22nd at this event in Japan in 2020 season. I'm going to screw that up all week long. But let's look at Adam Shank here. Uh, I want to deep dive this a little bit. Let's see what we got. By far, bent grass is his best putting surface. By far. Okay. Uh, obviously, playing well. Three straight events in which he has gained strokes on approach. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of nine. He's gained strokes with the putter. He can hemorrhage them around the greens. He can. He can cough them up. But again, this is the same Lonto Griffin example. When you can get fire in this category, approach, and you can get fire in this category, putting, it's dangerous. And it's, you see it. Look at his results. Third, cut, 51st, 31st, cut, fourth, 51st, 15th, fourth, 41st cut. It's just like all over the place because when those two things get together, the approach play and the putting, he makes a lot of noise. Uh, and now you get four guaranteed rounds out of him. The 7K range, I think there are two very interesting plays here. 
One is Harry Higgs. He's $7,500. Talked about it last week. I thought Harry at the Shriners looked like he was in control of his game. That was the eye test for me. Played well at Summit Club. Gained four strokes on approach. Putted the lights out. We're starting to see Harry get more comfortable, right? Four out of his last six starts have been top 27s. I know that's a random number, but if I said top 25, that would have been random as well. Uh, but that's that's good play. It's good play. Now you get a smaller field where the uh, you know the bottom of it, the bottom 10, 12, 15 guys, um, not nearly as good as Harry Higgs is. So I, I again, still comfortable rolling out Harry. And then the other one, and uh, they figured this out a little bit, Takumi Kanaya. He's $7,200, and for someone who plays primarily on the Japanese tour, someone who's not going to have a lot of PGA Tour stats, I think a lot of people are going to look at $7,200 and say, whoa, 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 he's grossly mispriced. Why, you know, why is he not down here with the other, you know, the Japanese exemptions, $6,000, $6,100? Well, let me tell you a little thing about Takumi Kanaya. Um, he's a baller. He's a player. Listen, he, he spent like 55 weeks atop the world rankings for the amateurs, right? Like he is seasoned, seasoned amateur golfer. He won a Japanese tour event as an amateur. He's got three or four wins on the Japanese tour. One of them was um, April or May of this year. So he's the last six months or so playing in his home country. He's been playing well on the Japanese tour. I know these are completely different players. I know that they are completely different calibers of field, but Takumi Kanaya, very comfortable at home in Japan. Um, Listen, seventy two hundred bucks. There's other guy. Like, would uh, are you? When we find out on Wednesday that Takumi Kanaya is four percent owned, would you rather that or like a eight percent Doug Gim? I don't know. I mean, listen, it's 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 interesting, right? Keep it in mind. Finally, the six thousand dollar range. Uh, Doc is in this field, which is always cool, right? Doc is headed to Japan, uh, and he is playing this week. He's sixty eight hundred dollars. I think maybe the guy I'm most excited about. Um, is Matthew Neesmith. So Matthew Neesmith is priced where he is starting to get into, you know, the range of the Japanese guys and guys that we don't know a lot about. But Neesmith coming off the 14th at the Shriners. And again, when Neesmith is good, it's with the approach play. And I think this week that is going to be critical. Uh, What you'll also note is he is not a very good putter. He's not. He knows it. Everybody knows it. But he is uh, almost a zero, very small negative putter on bent, okay, which is like, I'll take it. If if Neesmith, uh, this is the stat profile that you want from Neesmith this week when you are investing in him at $6,500. You want Gain six strokes on approach, which is something he did at the Shriners, and he did it two starts before that at the Fortinet, and you want him to be a zero on the greens. Now, he did not do that at the Fortinet. He lost three, but he was a zero at Shriners, and he finished T14. If I could sign up for this exact stat profile, this exact finish right now, I would take it. Um, And I think that's well within his range of outcomes for this week. Outside of that, Sung Kang to me, and I'm not like a huge Sung Kang fan uh but i think he's mispriced here right sixty three hundred dollars again amongst a lot of golfers that are not seasoned pga tour players i mean here's his last five starts 32nd at summit 27th at shriners made the cut at both the fortinet and the sanderson and t15 at the window that's a pretty strong five event stretch in which he has been positive on approach 
in all of them. He's gained a lot of strokes putting in three of four. That's kind of his DNA at this point in his career. But look at what he was doing before this. You know, he was hemorrhaging strokes on approach last summer. He's cleaned that up. If he continues to clean that up, you can get a top 28 or something like that out of Sung out of Sung Kang this week, uh, which is something that is um, going to be valuable at sixty three hundred dollars. All right, let's run a custom model and I'll get you out of here because I know this thing locks quickly. Um, so it's interesting. I kind of want the next version of the custom model to allow me to do like I want like. 12 rounds for or eight rounds for some of the cheaper guys. And I want like 40 rounds for some of the more expensive guys, because I think we saw it last week. Rory McIlroy doesn't really matter what his form is, can snap off and win a golf tournament whenever he wants. But I feel like for the six K guys, seven K guys, I want to ride the hot hands a little bit more. And I want to ride long-term form a little bit more. I guess I could always just adjust that myself and upload that. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, Let's go with, um, 16 rounds. Keep it real, real tight here. For the most part, that's this season and a little bit of last for most of these guys. If you played three times, you probably have 12 rounds. Let's go with, uh, what do we know? What do we know about this course? Uh, not much. What do we think we know? Driving distance, I think, I don't think. I know every single week is an advantage. Uh, it's never a detriment. So let's lean on that. Distance, 15 with off the tee, 10. Again, this weighted strokes gained off the tee where distance gets more of the um, more of the weight. Then I believe, uh, again, let's rely on approach play and let's rely on birdie makers. 25 on approach, 25 on birdie or better. Okay, so that is is literally just saying, let's go to the basics. Distance is always an advantage. Approach play is always an advantage. Making birdies is always very strongly correlated to scoring fantasy points. Let's just, those are, those are facts. We know those. Uh, then that leaves us with 25. And I don't want to super overthink this. Um, let's just say it's a par 70. I mean, it is a par 70. I don't have to say that. It is a par 70. Let's just throw the final on, on par four scoring. These are highly correlated scoring metrics to fantasy. So let, let's just run that and see and see what happens. And our top player is, oh boy, Johnny Vegas. He's playing well. 16 rounds across five tournaments. Gaining off the tee, gaining on approach, small negative around the green, even smaller negative with the putter. Pretty good. Um, what I will note is this. No, mo- most weeks, so this is why I have the value here and not just the rank. Most weeks, you'll see the number one golfer be like value 93, right? 100 would be like you ranked, you're the best possible version in all of these stats that, that, that Rick put in. 86 is what Johnny Vegas's rank is, which is kind of on the lower side for being a number one golfer. Uh, Zalatoris is two, Siwoo Kim three, Joaquin Neiman four, Emiliano Grillo, Cameron Tringale, EVR, Mav McNeely, Carlos Ortiz, Xander Schauffele. That rounds out the top 10. I'm cool with five and six, Grillo, Tringale, all good there. Ortiz can flash. I'm cool with that. Uh, EVR has been sneaky, sneaky good, right? I don't think he was in the optimal last week, but um, actually, I don't know how close he was, but that, but he's been sneaky, sneaky good. I don't mind this that much. 
It's a pretty volatile group of golfers, but I think in this event, that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna get out of this. Okay. Early start. I warned you twice now. I warned you at the beginning, I warned you at the end. This is probably gonna lock Wednesday night. My guess is around 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, uh, which means the live chat on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, is going to be like final thoughts, tinker time. And then uh, tentatively, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday is the Jock Market Power Hour. Keep an eye on out for that because that might change, obviously, with the time change as things start to come out. Good luck this week. Stoked about it. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. Later.